0: Hello and welcome to the Player to Coach podcast. This is episode sixteen. Uh, we got our boy Cam Shot on the podcast. Um, former um, director of player operations at Northwest Christian University, um, Texas A and M assistant video coordinator, then Texas A and M commerce assistant coach. Now he is currently the assistant coach at Menlo College down in the bay. And yeah, had a really good conversation with him. Uh Jordan was not able to join us today. Uh just had some stuff going on with the team and so um kind of had to stay committed to that. So it was just me and Cam today, which is a great conversation, great time. Um really appreciate you guys listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or if you guys get to watch on YouTube or even just catch some of our clips on social media, really appreciate your guys' support. Um, your guys' viewership greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, had a really good conversation with Cam, uh, dove into, uh, kind of why he wanted to kind of jump into a basketball career. Um, doesn't have an extensive playing career, but you can tell by, uh, his attitude, his drive, his willingness to take care of all the little things that he can, you know, he's going to be a great coach one day. I mean, he is a great coach and, um, you can just tell that, any team would be lucky to have uh, somebody like Cam on their team. Um, does all the little things. Uh, we talk a little about sweat equity, building that with your team, gaining trust with the guys. Um, yeah, just a great dude. Um, really glad that I got a chance to see him get to do his work and um, you know get a chance to follow him from afar. So uh, yeah, thanks for tuning to the podcast. We really hope you enjoy. And uh, let's welcome to the show Cam Shot. Cam, how you doing?
1: Good, man. Too bad Jordan couldn't make it, I guess. Uh, he, he only comes on for the big-time guests, so I get it. I get it. <laughs> but yeah, appreciate you having me, man.
0: For sure. Yeah, a little bit disrespectful on his part, but, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll let it slide. Um, so <clears throat> I got to meet you my first year at NCU, um, and we'll kind of get into that in a little bit. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and your basketball involvement before you got to NCU? For sure. So uh,
1: obviously it's called player to coach pod, but unfortunately, uh, unlike any other guests you've had, uh, I was not much of a player. So didn't have the opportunity to play in college. Uh, loved the game, was always around it, played it as long as I could. But uh, when it came to college, really wanted to be involved uh, with the team aspect. Uh, wanted to get into some avenue whether it was journalism or scouting or coaching I just knew I really wanted to be involved with basketball in any type of way so um, went to school at the University of Oregon uh, tried to get involved there didn't have much success so luckily a school right across the street called Northwest Christian uh, was you know right there available had a awesome head coach Luke Jackson who you played for and I was lucky enough to to work for for those two years so um went across street asked if I could work for them Uh, I was brought in that day to to practice in the afternoon uh awesome experience to work for Luke you know coach Litz coach McCann and then Eddie was there our second year and uh, awesome staff to learn from so was there for two years uh from there took off to, to Texas, uh, had an opportunity to work at Texas A&M in the video room, uh, and then coached at Texas A&M Commerce for two years, uh, worked for Coach Rose, awesome staff over there. They're transitioning to Division One this upcoming year, and then after that, had a chance to come back home at Menlo College, so we're starting uh, year three, feels like year two because we didn't have a season during the COVID year, but uh, really excited to to be back here and
0: be back home. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. We all experienced that, that 2020 year. It, it really is a, a blink of an eye, and honestly, you always just forget that it even existed, especially looking back. Um, we're yeah. going to go back to your NCU days. Um, so, you're a manager and player uh, director of operations there. Tell us about your role, um, kind of how that was at the beginning, kind of how you found. Um, your spot and your, you know, your comfortability there, and then uh, just kind of like what day in the life would look like for you on like a practice or a game day.
1: For sure, for sure. So when I first got there, the the job was pretty plain and simple. You know, just get the laundry done, uh, and there weren't too many people who were who were banging down the door just to get that opportunity at, at a school like NCU, which smaller school. Um, you know, not as much involvement. So that was kind of how it started. Um, they knew that. I've been around the game and, and wanted to get involved. So luckily, Luke was awesome. He he kind of let me do whatever I wanted. So I just kept doing more and more and more. So it uh, started with doing laundry and, and doing the scoreboard at practice. Uh, from there, I was starting to break down film after games. And uh, Luke was like, hey, this looks pretty good. If you want to keep doing it, we'll keep watching it. Uh, so was able to do that, start breaking down film um kind of of us post game and what we've been working on once it got to like mid-season uh started helping out with the scouting reports uh kind of helping out coach mccann who was doing a lot of that stuff and he was always dialed with it i was just trying to help out however i could like you know this guy likes to go right to left this guy likes to step back off right foot just trying to find a niche wherever i could add that that one little bullet point uh so then uh by the end of the year Uh, Luke said hey I got I got a job for you Uh, if you can make our schedule for next season our non-conference schedule uh, I'll bump your title to director of basketball operations so uh, got the preseason schedule done Um, you know from there year two I was doing pretty much all the scouting reports which was really awesome Uh, I was really fortunate to have a lot of great players who listened and and you know, not only accepted coaching, but really wanted coaching, especially from that senior class, which was Jay, uh, Jack, Brendan, who you've had on here and Brad, uh, then obviously having, you know, a couple, couple goats around like Loomis and, and Jordan and you and all those guys, uh, you know, really good experience for me to kind of get, get uh, into the coaching industry uh, without, you know, being a great player. So
0: for sure that um, it's crazy that, the more you talk, the more like you just talk about, yeah, you just added a role here and a role there. All of those are very big, big (laughs) things in terms of, uh, not only just your time, your effort, focus, all that stuff, but it really contributes to winning in like all the biggest ways. Um, and it, it's funny, like right as soon as, you know, like in high school, like you have team managers, but it's really just a kid who's just kind of there. Uh, they don't really do too much. They just kind of carry, you know, one thing from one place to the other. And then, um, you know, obviously that role looks way different on the college level. And even for me, uh, having not, you know, obviously been in the college it's my freshman year and it's kind of just like, okay, like this guy's like awesome and he's here to help. But like, there was so much respect from all of the older guys, um, and from the coaching staff with you. And it was clearly like a, Hey, if there's anything that ever needs to get done, just slap Cam's name on it and he's going to get it done and do it the right way. So I think there's a, um, for all the people who don't know the ins and outs of college basketball and don't get to see how valuable it is to have an awesome manager and director of ops. Like you play that role perfectly and, um, really kind of sets you up for a, um, a holistic vision of what, you know, coaching is going to be, uh, like we had coach Eddie on here a while back. Um, and he referred to coaching as being, you know, only 5% of it is like, on the court, in the game, actually coaching basketball. And obviously yeah. there's practice, but there's so much structure and foundation and you know all the little things that play a part. And so you kind of get this zoomed out, holistic view of everything that needs to get done. So I'm sure that was super valuable. But what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it, it's really valuable from my experience in the case that most managers at the high major level, like when I was at a and seeing what those managers do, uh, I mean, that was just like, you know, get the jerseys done. So much small stuff uh, that was important stuff. But luckily for for my experience of being around NCU, I was the only manager. Uh, Luke was kind of like, you know, have have a run at it. Uh, so I'm always thankful I was able to work for Luke for, for kind of my first job. And like you said, you, you don't know how much has to get done until you're kind of in it. Uh so I felt like my job was just to make Luke's job, Litz's job, McCann's job as easy as they can and uh just let them coach basketball. And then obviously once they could trust me with kind of all that smaller stuff, then your role grows and grows and grows. And next thing you know, you, you're involved with the basketball stuff. So uh yeah, I mean there there's obviously a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Sometimes uh the players don't even see it, uh, but like you said, well, luckily we had a, a great group that really respected everything that we were trying to do. So, uh, got really lucky to, to be around a lot of great guys that, uh, had a lot of respect for what goes on behind the scenes.
0: For sure. I mean, and you deserved all, you know, every single bit of it. So, um, you know, just super props to you. And then, uh, kind of like you were saying, um, the more things you get involved with, you know, the more your, your role expands and grows, uh, obviously the more opportunity that comes from. And then, Like you said earlier, you uh, became you know video assistant at Texas A&M. Kind of talk us through kind of how that transition had happened, and then um, how that connection was made, and um, what that role looked like.
1: Yeah, so I I was very eager uh, after graduating college. You know, a lot of people go backpacking around Europe or you know go on a vacation. For me, I was like, I just want to see how the biggest programs operate. So. Uh, Once I graduated from Oregon, uh, after Oregon for two years under Luke NCU, I I basically emailed hundreds of Division I coaches, uh, you know, just seeing how how can I help, is there anything I can do, Uh, was looking for a GA opportunity, I was looking to volunteer, whatever it took, I just wanted to see, uh, you know, how how the biggest programs operate. And like I said, a lot of stuff I was doing was just kind of, I figured it out and this is how a scout looks, but I don't know how a scout really looks. Uh, this is how we broke down film, but I've never really seen it from the highest of levels. So uh, sent out email to, to, like I said, hundreds of coaches across the country. We got really lucky that Alex Lloyd from Texas A&M uh, saw it. I don't know how, uh, I don't know why, but he responded. Uh, was able to go out there and work at a camp to meet the staff um and then they say hey we'd love to have you help out in the video room if this is something you're looking to get into so um yeah I was able to work there for a year uh was learning uh basically all the video stuff like sports code and I mean sports code is probably the biggest one but uh most division one staffs know what I'm talking about but it's something that NCU is all iMovie and Synergy i uh, never really used sports code before. So by the end of the year, I was pretty, pretty dialed with that. But no, forever thankful that Alex Lloyd replied to that email. Uh he's now a, a division three head coach over in Maine at, at Bowden University. And uh cool to see his rise through the ranks. So uh that, that's how I got involved with AM, same way I got involved at NCU, just banging at the door and seeing who would let me hit. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Uh, Was that the only response that you got from that? Or did you get some other responses? Um,
1: I got some other responses. They all differed. Uh, Some said, you know, maybe some said, if all types of responses. The majority were no responses. And then the majority of the responses were thanks, but we're full for the upcoming season. Um, So it was one of the few one of the few and obviously got really fortunate that it was at Texas A&M, a team that at uh, that year advanced to the sweet 16. So uh, really cool opportunity to always be thankful for.
0: There you go. Um, what were some of the, the key differences? Obviously NCU is if you've never been there and more likely than not, if you're listening, you probably haven't been there. Uh, it's not a very big campus, limited resources, um, you know, all that good stuff. So what, what were some of the key differences, not only in your role, but also just the environment of being in a, you know, a legit D1 program?
1: Yeah. photo. Uh, you should mention, I think the, the first thing I had to figure out was just like carving a niche. Um, Kind of like I did at NCU, but like we kind of said, you know, the role grew and grew and grew. But at A and M, it was just like you gotta be the expert at your role. You gotta be able to, to be dialed in all the film stuff. Uh, if there's any you know troubleshooting stuff, you gotta know you're basically almost an IT guy to some degree when it comes to sports code. But uh, like you said, biggest difference is just how many people are around the program. NCU, uh, like I said, it was Luke, Litz, me, and McCann year one, and then Eddie was able to help out year two. Uh, and that's pretty much it. But you go to a big staff like A&M, you know, we had six managers. Uh, we had, I mean, we had some people who I, I can't even remember what their official title was, but obviously you have your head coach, three assistants. Uh, my boss was kind of the head of the film room, but we had me and two other guys just working in the film room, trying to get each scout ready, working with each assistant. Each assistant basically had their own film guy, uh, so I worked with Isaac Chu primarily, who's now uh, at New Mexico and uh, learned a lot from him. But it was just uh, very, I, I wouldn't say it was totally different. You know, basketball is basketball. But I think the kind of the level of expertise and and the the amount of How do I say the amount of pride each person kind of took in their individual role was a big deal. And, um, you know, that there's a lot of great people to learn from. And, uh, at the end of the year, I felt like I was pretty good with sports code, basically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you go to a program like that and they have six cams running around and (laughs) then also have them do film, but then squish all that into one role. Yeah. I think you can, Knowing you, I think you can dial up something pretty, pretty incredible if you're just focused on that one thing. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Um, so uh, tell me a little bit about your next role uh, at Texas A&M. Uh, yes. So
1: then uh, not to be confused, Texas A&M and Texas A&M Commerce are both in the A&M system, but a lot of people get confused. There's a lot of A&Ms like A&M Kingsville or West Texas A&M. Uh, so how I got involved with commerce was through my connection in the video room. So Alex Lloyd, who I worked for at AM, was working some conference, I can't even remember. And uh he was trying to fix the video for Jared Von Rosenberg, who was the head and still is the head coach at Tech and M Commerce. He He's like, Man, like I'm trying to hire a GA who can help me with this stuff. Do you know anyone? So, well, just had a guy work for me who's uh, looking to get a GA spot uh, and, the, and the awesome part about division two is that GAs can be on the floor they can recruit they have a lot of uh, coaching responsibilities so it's kind of a nice way to get your foot in the door on the floor because a lot of the stuff I was doing was all behind the scenes and commerce was kind of the first time I could be on the floor and coach and extract. Um, so I was able to talk to coach Rose through Alex Lloyd and uh, able to get uh, my master's there. Uh, got really lucky that uh, they were returning a a lot of good players. It was Rose's second year at the time. Uh, went to the NCAA tournament that year. Uh, another awesome staff to work for. Coleman First is, I think, he's got to be uh, the best Division two assistant in the country, now going Division I. Um, but yeah, so my role there was kind of uh, to do the film that I was previously doing at Am so again, finding that role and then building off okay now I was involved with academics now I was involved in recruiting now I was on the floor a little more and able to instruct and hop in drills and teach you know smaller things so uh, that's how I got involved in commerce and uh, again another great great spot kind of on the on the path to where I am now. <laughs>
0: For sure. Um, talk to us a little bit about um, if you had any challenges or any difficulty um, hopping in and actually teaching or instructing if there if there was. And I, I know, you know, early on, even from, um, you know, the whole title of this podcast being player to coach and there being some sort of a transition there where obviously if you were a player, you can't just be like, hey, let me show you what to do all the time. You actually have to learn to communicate uh, explain and teach and do all of that. Um, I imagine there's, you know, some hoops to kind of jump through if you don't have, you know, a longer playing career, but obviously having so much background in basketball, uh, talk to us just a little bit about some of the transitioning phases and being on the court and actually teaching.
1: For sure. Like you said, you, you don't have kind of that instant credibility. I would say like, you know, you, you talk to Luke and he's like, yeah, I was at the NBA lottery. I did, you know, you kind of have some instant credibility with the guys for me being, yeah, so <laughs> for me being like, hey, I was in the video room. Hey, no, they're kind of like, oh, okay. Like that doesn't do anything. So I think uh, kind of the biggest thing you got to do is earn their trust. You got to be in the gym with them all the time. You got to be able to help them with small stuff. Hey, like, you know, this is what I'm seeing. Pull up a clip. Be like, this is what coach was talking about. You got to do this. Uh, and tr- try to earn more uh, sweat equity with them. Be the last one in there rebounding with them. Be the first one in there text them see if they want to get in the gym whatever it takes kind of earn some more sweat equity and earn their trust because you know you don't have the the playing resume where they're necessarily gonna buy into everything you do and also with that kind of um like I said we had really good coaches so try not to overstep by any means but trying to kill any opportunity you have so my first year I ran the development program so all the guys who were shirting, I was basically working out and just try to put as as much thought and as much detail as I could just into those you know hour workouts, which may not seem like a huge thing, but that was kind of my first on-the-court opportunity and try to make sure those guys were uh, able to contribute the next year and um, you know make sure they're getting something out of it on the floor, learning the offense, learning the small wrinkles they'll need to know for next year and uh, kind of being able to be in the gym with those guys is kind of my first – coaching opportunity, finding my voice a little bit. Um, and then year two I was able to do a little more with, you know, having a scout or, you know, a little more take the guards in this group or whatnot. Uh so trying to find your voice in that regard. Um, but again, luckily I had a lot of great coaches to learn from. And um, you know, at the end of the day, luckily over the course of those three years, I was able to learn basketball. So I was able to to teach what I knew again, still learning, so it's not like I, I have all the answers by any means, but uh, able to give enough to hopefully you guys buy in and and understand that I know you know a little bit of hoops <laughs> to some degree at least.
0: For sure, uh, I I think it's crazy how much um, individual playing careers like don't really matter when it comes to actually coaching. Obviously, there's you know that that plays a role, and you gain experience that way, but. Um, I mean, really, that's just like at face value. Hey, this coach played here. Okay. Like, obviously, he knows something or whatever. But uh, at the end of the day, if you, like you were saying, put in sweat equity, you're there with them, you gain their trust, you have the right answers. And even when you don't, to be honest with them and be like, hey, let's go research. Let's go watch film. Let's go find that right answer. That's how you gain their trust. And that's how you get people to really buy in. And that's special. Um, rather than just, Hey, just listen, to whatever I say, I played, you know, so-and-so, um, you know, there's a big difference there. And, uh, coaching is very different from playing It is not the same thing, even though it's the same game. So, you know, you could be a great player and not be a good coach. It's, uh, not as uncommon as it seems. Um, so you're at, uh, Texas A&M commerce <laughs> for, for a few years, um, talk to us about your transition to Menlo um how did that all kind of happen um what was your role like at the beginning and i assume it changed a little bit to where you are now
1: yes yeah, so uh at the end of my 2 years in in commerce uh so i got my masters degree uh was looking for a new opportunity to really be you know on the floor assistant coach basically for the first time uh i graduated with my masters in 2020 which like we said earlier just a, a time we all wish we could kind of forget but uh so that was kind of a time it it was pretty stressful a lot of jobs were being cut um you know we didn't even have a season at menlo but uh i was trying again reach out to all the connections i had i was able to build some few more connections just being on the recruiting scene uh but the connection i had that got me at menlo was coach rudy himself uh, I came home for a month during the summer at Commerce. I was recruiting kids in California and just going to all the events I could find within a, the month that I was home. And it seemed like every event that I was at, Coach Rooney was there. And there'd be some events. It was literally just me and Coach Rooney. We're the only two in the gym. So we're able to, uh, you know, build a, a little relationship, just a mutual respect. Like, hey, we're, we're both in the gym recruiting. You know, there's a mutual respect being built with us from that regard. Uh, kind of just each other's work ethics so at the end of uh, my two years he actually had just gotten the job at Menlo uh, he was coming over from Cal Maritime where he was the head coach beforehand so I reached out right away and said congrats uh, you know if your staff isn't set would love uh, to chat about opportunity or anything you might have uh, which you know was you have to put yourself out there a little bit which is always always a little uncomfortable but uh luckily you know his staff wasn't set uh I was from the Bay Area so uh I think that was something that was intriguing something I wanted to I wanted to be back in the Bay Area uh I, we had played at Menlo before so I knew a little bit about Menlo and kind of a the program they had and had a lot of respect for it and being in the Bay Area I was kind of looking around like this could be a place you know a few years I could see myself at and uh the chance to work for Coach Rooney and in, in a place like Menlo was Uh, awesome opportunity is something that I got super lucky with during, especially like I said, during COVID 2020. So uh, the unfortunate part, we didn't have a season year one, uh, but that was actually kind of good for me. I think that was the first time I I really had a voice. Hey, you got the guards today. Hey, you got the bigs today. And there was probably less pressure. We didn't have games coming up. We were just trying to build that. Like, like I said, try to build that sweat equity with now new group uh and a whole new staff so uh, i think that was really good for me to to be on the floor and be able to teach and then uh you know being able to be ready for year one of playing where hey we're delivering scouts hey this is what we got to be ready for this is how we adjust and all that and being able to learn from coach rooney and and how he sees the game has been really beneficial as well
0: that's awesome um yeah sweat equity uh doesn't always travel super well especially when you know, your stops aren't super long. So, yeah, it definitely uh, get to build that up and over again. Um, tell us a little bit about your role there now. Uh, what What is it looking like for you going into the season? Uh, we we talk with Jordan a lot about, you know, what he's doing at, at Bushnell right now, you know, just getting ready. You know, guys are getting on campus and getting settled in and kind of what workouts are looking like for you guys right now.
1: Yeah, so we are working out. So we got uh, open gyms right now. Uh, try to get the new guys all adjusted. And then we got uh, a strength program. Guys are lifting a couple times a week and getting some plyometrics um, with our strength and conditioning staff. So uh, we're not really instructing right now. Um, not a whole lot we could do on the floor, but, um, you know, once practice starts, we'll be full throttle, ready to go. But. There
0: you go. Um, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit of youth coaching that you were doing uh, down in the Bay Area. at. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that because I I know uh, I've I've been coaching youth basketball for a little while now. I really enjoy it. Um, I personally think anybody who wants to get into coaching should teach young kids first because you really learn. Oh, like my basketball knowledge is way farther than these kids, and I need to learn how to really dial it back to the very very basics. So, like, re you know re learning and reteaching the very, very basics of basketball can help just really, um, you know, give you perspective again. And it's, it's such a fun process to do. But um, tell me a little bit about your experience there.
1: Yeah, so I'm also coaching with a program out here called Team Uh, Like you mentioned, it's uh, it's unbelievable experience because you are really challenging yourself as a teacher. Like you said, you can't go, say, uh, set a pin down. You can't say that kids don't know what that is. So I kind of call that the curse of knowledge. I think I read that somewhere where everything you know, you think everyone else knows, and college players might know it, but at the youth level, you know, you tell them go DHO, they're like, what's that? It's like, oh, dribble handoff, you know, stuff like that. So you really are right. breaking it down to the, to the skin and bones, you know, the the bare level. Um, and I think that's an awesome opportunity. That like you said, I think every coach should do. I really test you as a teacher. Um, you know, all these kids play hard. They're all good at kids. Uh, but you you really got to be able to teach the basic fundamentals, uh, kind of like you were saying. So, uh, And it's also, for me, it's it's been basically my first head coaching opportunity. So even stuff like uh, using timeouts and sub patterns and all that, uh, it's, it's been my biggest on-floor opportunity, obviously, being a head coach uh you know you gotta have a, a game plan for everything uh subs timeouts kind of like i said and at the end of the day how how well can you explain the basic stuff you know you, you might go into the season with this huge game plan and you're struggling throwing out with pass so well all right let's break it down let's make sure we rebound pivot outlet get it away from defense right. uh small stuff like that but i think uh the only unfortunate part is you, you spend most of your time learning how to break a press and how to be a 2-3 zone in youth basketball, which, you know, isn't, isn't the most fun. But, hey, we get better at that, too. So,
0: <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you hit it. I mean, being a, a head coach in any program, there's, like, similar um, – there's similar tasks, similar – uh, things that need to be done across the board like you said you know managing minutes um, you know game plan timeouts you know all that stuff that um, but even you know you would expect that the older kids get the more uh, self-mannered they become they know how things kind of go but with younger kids you have to you have to be way more focused on the bench as well so yeah it's uh, It's management to a T in, yeah. in my experience. Um, well,
1: w- one of the best things I've ever seen was someone, I can't remember where it was or else I would, I would shout them out, but I saw some video where someone said, uh, explain how to make a, a PB&J. And, you know, we all know how to make a PB&J, but they, they had them write it out on a card. It was, it was pretty funny. They took exactly what the person said on the index card. It was like, you know, scoop, uh, you know, some of the peanut butter put the peanut butter on the bread well now they take the jar of peanut butter put it on the bread they still got the scoop in their hand it's like well, that's how you explained it so uh stuff like that you t- you tell a kid to sit down defensively you might go crisscross applesauce on you so <laughs> right uh it's it's a good experience though for sure
0: right yeah you definitely have to watch how you say things because they will definitely take it way too literally um but you know that's the joy of basketball as well with young kids it's uh, you get the joy of the game back and yeah, it's, it's a great time. Um, okay. So kind of zooming out for uh, for people who do not have uh, a longer playing career want to get into coaching at a high level. Um, you know, if that's, you know, high school um, prep college, like whatever that looks like any level of high level basketball, but they don't have the playing resume. Uh, I mean, you spoke to it over and over again about, you know, your persistence about, doing all the little things, sweat equity, you know, not being afraid to put yourself out there. What are kind of some of your bigger talking points of advice for anybody who wants to be coaching, but uh, doesn't have that playing career to kind of give them that, um, you know, that prerequisite uh, to, to show off to coaches?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just how much can you give that has nothing to do with basketball. Like we've kind of said, whether it's laundry, whether it's, uh, helping rebound for guys just trying to find an area where you can help a program in any capacity and it's probably gonna have to be for free at first obviously I was lucky I was in college at the time I was at NCU so I uh, wasn't on the payroll by any means but uh, just being able to contribute anywhere where the coach just doesn't want to you know if you're working like you said whether it's high school college further along wherever that is the head coach probably knows basketball he probably knows what offense he wants to run, what defense he wants to run. What he probably doesn't want to do is the laundry. He probably doesn't want to book the the travel for the weekend. He probably doesn't want to check on academics, do class checks, whatever that is. So it's how how easy can you make the head coach's job? How much can you take off his plate so he can just coach basketball? If you do that, um, your head coach is going to be forever indebted. I like to say a lot of times that, um, networking is kind of what you do for other people like if you're able to take a bunch of stuff off this head coach's plate for two years well now he's like well you know I, I've always want that guy in my corner I want to help him out whatever it is so that's why still to this day Luke will give me recommendations just because of what I did you know what was that 2016 uh, he'll still be the first one on my resume and people will call and he'll still give a great recommendation, just because of how much I, I poured into that program for two years. So I think the biggest thing is is just to um, give as much as you can with you know and not expecting much basketball out of it uh, for a few years. Like I said, you know my first on court opportunity of any time really was three years into this. Um, so I think that that would probably be my biggest piece of advice and just be willing to keep knocking on doors. And if that one doesn't open, find the next one. And like I said, sent out hundreds of emails and probably got 10 or fewer responses. So uh, just, just keep grinding away at it, I guess.
0: There you go. Yeah, you just got to be a door-to-door salesman, uh, be okay <laughs> with lots of no's and do all the stuff that the coach doesn't want to do. And that's and that's super important. And all that, um, all that stuff just shows that you're willing to do whatever it takes to win and that you care. And that's what people are really looking for in a program. Um, you know, if, if you're a guy who's going to show a plate and, you know, cut things short, but you supposedly have this genius basketball philosophy doesn't always translate. So, um, yeah, for all you coaches out there, find you guys a cam. you guys need it, um, make your lives easier. And, you know, we won, you know, got some banners when he was at NCU. So obviously it worked. Um, (laughs) anyway, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, that was fun. I, you know, always love to, um, get someone like you on here that, you know, took a path that not a lot of people get to take. And a lot, you know, a lot of people that we have on here, obviously you kind of made a joke at the beginning and when we were on the phone yesterday about, you know, this being the, the player to coach pod, but I mean, you had a few, um, you know, rec league championships that we got <laughs> to, we got to see you be a part of and all that good stuff. But oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, anybody can make a difference on a basketball team. You just got to be willing to put in the work, um, put in the sweat equity, and, yeah, it can be done. So, anyway, thanks for coming on.
1: No, I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, listen to a couple of these pods, and obviously Loomis and, and BT were at the top of the list, and uh, guys that I still talk to this day. So, uh, keep, doing, keep doing some good work, man. I'm excited to keep listening.